Welcome back to the nationally syndicated Price of Business. I'm your host, Kevin Price, talking to you about you and your business. Always love having on the program, Jeremy Murphy. He's really my go-to guy when it comes to uh, media. Uh, any listener to the show knows I have fine guests across the board uh, on this topic because the, the subject of media and the business of media is one of my favorites. Um, but Jeremy's so great because he's got such an incredible toolbox and brings so many different perspectives and angles that, uh, frankly, it's just, it's just a lot of fun. It's like eating at my favorite buffet whenever I have you on, Jeremy. <laughs> Thank you for that. I'm putting yeah, it on my absolutely. LinkedIn. <laughs> if you ask my wife, she'll say, oh, yeah, he loves buffet. So that's a compliment. Um, but uh, love having you on. We're going to have a great conversation. There's so much to talk about. Do you want to mention that you are outstanding when it comes to public affairs? You have a public affairs uh, a PR firm, rather, PR firm. Um, you uh, do a lot in the crisis communication aspect uh, as a former VP in, in uh, public relations over at CBS Television. You probably daily had to deal with uh, at least small ones when it came to this. And you have an excellent book that captures the problems of our workforce today among younger workers, which is called At the Fall. Chloe, I love, I love that book. And uh, so there's a lot there. Um, Give, uh, this time, why don't you go ahead and give your uh, PR firm uh, website? Yeah, so I operate a company called 360 Bespoke, which is a small boutique PR firm in New York, and we do, uh, we do PR placements. Um, we do corporate communications. We do crisis management. We do branding. Right now, it's mainly lifestyle, uh, music, artists, um, tech, um, entrepreneurs, but we do a lot of um, crisis stuff for, for big companies and for people in trouble. And, you know, that's something I gleaned from uh, 14 years at CBS when I, you know, I was part of the team that handled everything from Janet Jackson's breast to Howard Stern to the fake Bush memos on 60 Minutes. So um, <laughs> I oh my goodness. breath of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the memories, right? <laughs> oh boy! Very, yeah, talk to my therapist. Very good. Yeah, and and, and so when you when you identify problems with which is really what most of our segments are about, which is by my choice, I love it. You do it from knowing what good looks like and what bad looks like. You just bring that to every conversation, and so so helpful. And what I love, no one's I'm sure is listening to us, right? Clearly, by what we're seeing in terms of who can change things because I keep doing the same mistakes no matter what advice you give that I think is sage. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're talking about Nikki Haley and Trump today, and, and, and the one thing that um, I, I, I keep slapping my head on is why the Haley campaign raised expectations for this, and they kept saying this is her their firewall, this is, you know, this is going to keep her in the race, when you should lower expectations. Yeah. Because then it's not a shock. And every headline was, you know, Trump, you know, pounds Haley, and now she questions of her, she's out. They should have downplayed that. Instead, yeah. they made it like her, this is, she's going to win, and she didn't, and now she looks like a loser. Had they downplayed it, they could have said, you know, she predicted this, she's got a long-term strategy, what not? But no, no one, no one ever listens to the PR people. Yeah. So what she should have been saying is that 
mind, be mindful of the fact that essentially I'm running against an incumbent. And that does carry a lot of weight. Exactly. You know, and then exactly. she could have said, we're hoping for 25%, which was yep. way lower than what the polling would show. And then she came out with 40, we blew it away. If I were Trump, I'd be nervous well, you know, it, by it, what I did. That's what she reminded me of. It you. looks like, and by the way, the Koch brothers have stopped sending, are no longer to send funding to her, uh, to her super PAC, they announced today. Like, great, thanks on the timing. Uh, you know, on the announcement. Um, I'm, I'm like, yeah, yeah, how not to do it. Again, well, you, you know, know, our show is about, our sentences are about the sophomoric attitudes that are pervasive in media among those who have to deal with the media when it's more dangerous now than ever. Well, it reminded me of, you know, 92 when Clinton was running and everybody expected him to uh, lose New Hampshire to Paul Fungus. And yeah. Clinton, they lowered expectations. They lowered. They, they basically said, yeah, we're going to take a whooping. And then he got in third place and they called him the comeback kid because this, they, they lowered the expect, expectations so much that when he scored third, the media called him the comeback kid. That is how yep. you do it. They, Haley needs a, a, a James Carville, a Stephanopoulos, who knows how to play the media. And unfortunately, you know, South Carolina was her firewall. This is going to keep her in the race. And now people are, are calling for her to leave. And yeah. I don't think she should. I think she should find a, a you know, deep-pocketed um, billionaire to keep her in the race because she will take votes from Trump because there are a lot of Republicans who don't want to vote for Trump, but they don't want to vote for Biden. So there's yeah. a third option. Nikki Haley is palatable. Which she, she's, you know, she's someone I think Democrats and Republicans would, would prefer either than these two candidates. So stay in the race, Nikki. Yeah, I'm with you. Stay in the race. She is really quite articulate. Uh, I saw her on the Sunday uh, talk shows, which I rarely watch. I don't watch if Biden or Trump is doing them because I go insane whenever I hear them. Of course, Biden won't even do them anymore. Uh, But she was so articulate, so forceful. She brings an incredible resume uh, with her background as, uh, you know, both both a successful governor and foreign policy experience, which in spite of four years as president, Trump acts like he has zero. Um, You know, I I, I mean, she brings so much to to this race. And and for the longest time, I look at her as a consolation prize. But, you know, what else we have that we have to deal with here? But the more I hear her, the more I see her, the more sense she makes. You know, it reminded me of, you know, when Hillary Clinton ran, how, I know she's a polarizing can- candidate, but this woman had more experience than Trump completely, but more than most of the candidates. I mean, Secretary of State, Senator, First Lady, you know, and it didn't seem to matter, you know? Yeah. So with Trump, it did yeah. not seem to matter. And so I think that's the thing with Nikki is no one's looking at her, her background. No one's looking at her experience. No, yeah. you know, I've seen every... Every media report, very few of them uh, reference her time as the ambassador or, or the, um, you know, to the U.N., her work with the U.N. No, yes. one, no, one, no, no one references that. And the world was on fire, and she did a pretty decent job. But so she did a really good job considering her boss. Who, she, she, yeah. You know, she had a, 
<laughs> represent uh, a country with a boss who really thought that the United States is all that matter. Uh, she navigated those yeah. water, waters really well when you factor that. Uh, but no one's mentioning that. No one's mentioning that in these reports. And that, again, is her communications team. They're, they're, yeah, they're yeah. not stressing her executive experience. They're, you know, and that's the problem. I mean, if people really understood the, the, the depth and breadth of this woman's experience, you know, she runs circles around Trump. And both literally and figuratively. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, she's busy at McDonald's. <laughs> he doesn't run. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I will eat it. She runs in a drive-thru. Biden's a speed bump for Nikki Haley. He, she runs circles around Trump, and Biden's just a oh, yeah. speed bump. I mean, if you get to a point where those two are debating, Joe Biden is oh, boy. dead on arrival. Uh, you know, yeah. Trump might be perceived in winning, of course, by his little crew of around one-third of the population, which isn't that little, I guess, when you get down to it. That's how he stays in it. Right. He can do whatever he wants, and it will be wonderful in their eyes. But uh, he, he, he operates purely on chaos. If Trump is afraid he can't win, he'll steal time that doesn't belong to him. He'll say the craziest things, and he'll make himself the center of the conversation. Biden will be polite and try to operate accordingly and Nikki Haley would tear him apart, literally dismember him. She's tough. Well, you know what Trump is? He's a genius though. He will have such a vicious insult or a barb because he knows that's the soundbite. And that's what his team, that's what his voters love. They love his rambunctionness, his rebellion, his, his toughness. And so he'll just throw it in like, you know, he could be trounced on public policy and you have to, I mean, the, the man is practically illiterate, but he knows how to steal the media. He knows how to get the soundbite. And so that's what he does. You know, when Megyn yeah. Kelly asked him that question about um, calling women pigs, when he said only Rosie O'Donnell, that's what got <laughs> yeah. the soundbite. And in that same danger, I mean, when he uses that soundbite, that soundbite is very targeted against whoever he's debating. So if he were doing that with, yep. with uh, um, Haley, if they ever got to that point, which he won't, but ever got to that point, you know, he would have her preoccupied with whatever he said, whatever he said uh, and, and yep. off track. He's really good at that, too, not only affecting the media, but affecting the actual opponents when really what they should do is what he does, which is largely ignore people. Uh, and he uses well, you know, in the debate, in the yeah. debates in uh, uh, 2016, you know, he threw all those candidates, like Jeb Bush, Marco Rubio, he threw them all off their game by insulting them when he called Joe, uh, Jeb, low-energy Jeb. Jeb didn't know how to process that. And yeah. then Lil Marco, like he throws these insults and it takes the candidates off the game. And then they don't know how to respond because they've been insulted. And so then they, they start to out-trump Trump, which you can't do. Yeah. And that's exactly what he does. He's a, he, he's a stupid man, but a genius with the media. Yeah, yeah. Or Rand Paul's haircuts. Who cuts your hair, Rand? people who hated middle school, which is why they decided right. to have, become politicians. So they'd have some power, which they had none in middle school. All of a sudden, Trump throws all of them into middle school again. 
I mean, he, he says things that are so funny and unexpected. Like I remember Elizabeth Warren tested her blood to prove that she was American Indian and it came back barely. And then Trump said, I have more Indian blood in me and I have none. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a nightmare. All right, so we'll say that uh, Haley's campaign called you up. They're in crisis mode. Your suggestion as we wrap it up. Lower expectations. Lower expectations. P- point out his flaws, but stop saying you're going to win this, you're going to win that. Lower expectations. That's yeah. all you have to do. And then when you win, it's a big surprise, and that's what gets the headline. But when you say you're going to win and you lose, that's the headline. So, you know, understand how the media works. It's not very difficult. Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, I, and I say go ahead and say it's going to be a surprise because guess what? 40%, which is what she got, was a pleasant surprise, but not in the language she used. Um, she really no, she shouldn't have looked at the polls, walked, 25% off of what the polls said, and then she nuked expectations. Yeah, you should have said, oh, my God, we did better than we thought we would. Yeah. That is, be the comeback kid. Be the comeback kid. That is yeah. the template. Yeah, you just gave the segment and, title. You just gave us a segment title. That's a good one. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> All right, good to talk to you as always, Jeremy Murphy. We're going to have, of course, a link uh, over to uh, his site, plus uh, more information in this commentary over there at priceofbusiness.com. Good talking to you. We went long, but I always have a time going, our time going short. I feel like I hang, hung out with a buddy. Absolutely. This is, my, this is the highlight of my week. There you go. Uh, we need to work on your weeks then. No, I'm just joking. I like you, buddy. Jeremy Murphy, uh, love having you on the program. I am Kevin Price, and this is the nationally syndicated Price of Business Show.